Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast in the year of our Lord 2022. It's good to see you. Happy New Year. This week, Sean and I discuss the idea of New Year's resolutions. We discuss the idea of change and what it means for Christians to set resolutions. And it's a really good conversation just about transformation and the way that the Spirit works in our lives and how change is incarnational. It's both 100% God and, you know, a lot of us as well. And so if you set a resolution this year, let us know. Maybe shoot us a DM or an email about what your resolution is and how we can help you get there. But until then, We hope you have a good new year and we are excited for everything that is happening here at Coastline and on the Coastline Covenant podcast. And we'll see you next week and every single week after that. Welcome to the first episode of 2022 Coastline Covenant podcast. This should have come out last week, but me. I'm a COVID survivor, baby. <laughs> I did it. Hunter, there's no expectation that you should have done the podcast. I thought in my in my COVIDness, I was like, I could totally pull it off. And um I couldn't. No. It really got me bad. I think I think that I had the um the French strain of the Delta Cron. It would have been just one long outtake of you like trying and like dying on the microphone. I was thinking about it. How how could I even do like a solo podcast when I had COVID of like th- like things I was doing th- and I couldn't. I would have just been like shivering and be like, oh, God is good. <laughs> you did the Thanksgiving one by yourself. I did, but I had way more prep with that. That took a, a couple days to you know write and make all the music for, and I had nothing in the tank when yeah. I had COVID. People say it's not that bad. Um, I'm here to say that it was bad, and Friend. I didn't like having it, and I don't recommend getting COVID at any point in your life. If you could avoid it, if you were like Sean Hurley and you can yeah. dodge it like Neo in the Matrix, I give you all the props in the world. But that, unfortunately, is not me. That's not my story. And uh, Megan and I got riddled with COVID. Friends and listeners, what you need to know is that COVID has come to live at the Coastline offices. <laughs> uh, mainly, we've had about three staff who've had it now. Garrick has it, but he won't acknowledge it. Rochelle wants it. Rochelle is trying to get it so bad. She keeps thinking that she has it, and she doesn't. Every day we get the text, hey, can I borrow a test? I think I have COVID. Yeah. It's like, girl, come over. Yeah, and all my it. kids have had it, and yeah. Melinda and I have done well. But Melinda's not had COVID yet. No. Mm. Well, you know, like... like er- there was that brief like week where you could not get tests anywhere. Right. And then you like you get the scratchy throat and you like you're all stuffed up and you think it might be it. You don't know if it's it. You're mm-hmm. quarantining because it could be it. Mm-hmm. Did we really have it? We don't know. Maybe we just missed the the timing window. But we've been fine. We Proud feel of good. You. Strong like bull. Nice. That's good. That's good. I wonder now, looking back, now that I've had COVID and a lot of people have had COVID now, like if I had a dollar for every time I thought I had COVID, (laughs) how silly I felt Yeah, because now I know what it's like to like not have taste and to not, uh, to have a fever. You know what I mean? Like I, I really, really had it. And it was so funny getting the positive result. It it really was like a, Oh my gosh, this is it. I actually have COVID. It was pretty crazy. You really haven't lived through the pandemic until you've uh, texted a guy on Craigslist about a uh, at-home COVID test. Oh yeah. That, that was for me like, oh, we are, we really have done it now. When I'm, when I'm going through the black market looking for at-home tests, that's, that was something new for me. Couple things I kind of want to unpack with that last comment. Um, (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Going on Craigslist We were looking for tests? That's crazy. It was crazy. And the funny thing is that as soon as you'd message somebody, Craigslist would pull them down. Yeah. They're all fake, right? Yeah. None yeah. of it's real. All of it's a scam. But I was willing to wade in those waters 
to try to figure out what was happening with my family. Because like I said, the Hurley house had a rough week of kids going down, yeah. kids wanting to see girlfriends. Oof. Uh, you know, Piper was in a play that ended up getting moved back a, a whole month. Like it was a it was a lot going on. Oh wow. So I was willing to go to an alleyway and, you know, give a guy a you know, Benjamin and, and try to get a test. I, I wasn't above that. Wow. And it was just Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, I don't get a lot of press saint, anymore. Saint Dr. Fauci is he a saint? In, in, in this office. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I like the guy, but yeah. is he a saint? Well, Do we believe in saints? In the Hurley house. Mary yeah. Beth was on last time. We should have had her talk about yeah, the saints. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ask her if she likes Dr. Fauci. Did you know? Oh, is that a real... No, we got to write that now. That just happened. I Fauci, know. did you know that you would be Keep going. Don't the most stop. famous man in the world? <laughs> Fauci, did you know <laughs> that people would hate you? Oh, see, just this, simply Hunter, for this is just existing. another example of what happens when Garrick's off the podcast. You and I, as you said, we choose violence. He, We're not doing anything. He's preaching right for two weeks. He's never coming back on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never see Garrick again. He's preaching for two weeks. Oh, I'm grabbing my side. <laughs> Why? You have COVID? So funny. No. no, no, but it's good to see your face. I mean, hey, literally, I haven't seen your face in so long due to the mask. So yeah, well, I'm trying to be safe. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm just trying to make sure no one else gets COVID. We're trying to go to winter camp this weekend. Yeah. Um, mm. We'll see. It, it is a uh, knife's edge right now. Either COVID has it or we have it. We'll see what happens. <sighs> you know... I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, neither Hunter. do I. It's going to be really good, though. Whatever yeah, it is, it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, I, I mean, know. The, the the fun narrative with the Coastline youth uh, so far has just been small but mighty. And these small, especially high school students, is such a dedicated group. And yeah. and I always refer to them, to Megan, as my cheerleaders. Like, yeah. they, they're just so pro whatever we're doing. And so it's Hume is up in the air. I got some texts from students. Like, no matter what you do, we support you. Yeah. No matter what you do, we want to be a part of what's next or we want to go to Hume, you know, and it's just really meaningful to be like, wow, you guys trust the, the leadership at Coastline so much and you'll be willing to even withstand a canceled camp, even if we would be the ones to pull it, not even yeah. Hume. So, And, you know, this is the best things that happen in youth ministry happen on the spot are unpredictable and kids kind of make the moment themselves. Oh yeah, totally. And this is has so much potential for yeah. that. That, that makes me really optimistic. Whatever yeah. happens, it's going to be... Yeah. The kids are going to make it into something Yeah, really cool. I think so often, I mean, this is not a podcast about that by any means, but like for those listening who aren't high school students or don't interact with high school students, a question I get a lot is like, well, what can we do for the youth of the church? Like, how can I connect with them more? Uh, it is so developmentally appropriate for 14 to 18 year olds to do that, to create their own fun, to forge their own culture out of something. Mm -hmm. um, and so to allow high schoolers, if you kind of give them the blank canvas and say, make something out of this, that they're going to really rise to the occasion and it's not going to look anything like the canvas you want mm -hmm. or the painting you want, mm -hmm. but it's going to be even better because yeah. they created it. That's good. Um, and I, I, that's, that's my favorite thing about students. And we have, uh, in the youth room at St. Andrews, there's like the sound booth, which is above everything. Like it's on the second story and there's an open window and we'll put like a basketball hoop, a Nerf basketball hoop, mm -hmm. and they have to kick dodgeballs <laughs> in and no one's ever done it. I mean, we do this every single week and literally no one's ever done it. But you know, when it actually happens, it's going to become such a thing. They're going to make a Disney movie out of it. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a 30 for 30. Like how it finally happened. It's going happened. to happen. Oh, yeah. It's going to be incredible. It has to happen. Statistically speaking, like yeah. 
you know, Levi Sullivan can only kick so many dodgeballs before it actually gets in the hoop. <laughs> he seems like the kid who's going to do it. I've I hope that. so. It's it, between him and Chap, honestly. The, there's some <laughs> real relentless. stiff competition. <laughs> relentless. Thing, yeah. Relentless. Well, Sean, like I said, first podcast of 2022. We'll start it eventually. Um, I, I want to talk today about something that is on the, the minds of many people, and it's the idea of like a New Year's resolution. Sure. Um, and as pastors, I think we experience this in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because I think people generally come to church. You know, you see that first Sunday after New Year's mm-hmm. as a Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. barring any global pandemic, mm-hmm. as a Sunday where people end up coming to church and saying, you know, I'm committing my year to Jesus or yeah. I'm going to start coming back to church. And so I want to talk about that and, and just kind of have a conversation about resolutions. Are they meaningful? Are they helpful? Are there biblical New Year's resolutions? Is there a, a spiritual theology of what it means to have a resolution? But before I do, I want to ask you, have you ever um, kept a New Year's resolution? I don't know if I've actually even made a New Year's resolution before this year. Well, oh, you made one this year. I've made three. Okay. Do you not know my New Year's resolutions? Oh, I'm kind of nervous. I've used them in a sermon illustration. You must have had the cove. I must have had COVID-19. You must have had COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, so like I, they've never had any meaning to me. I've never done one. I didn't care. I'm very goal-driven. I'm just going to have, I'm going to have goals all the time. I don't need New Year's Eve to right, create a goal, right? right? right like that's right, just kind of what right. I do. Uh, but after I think the pandemic and everything like that, I think I there's just things that I want to do differently and better and um, being at Coastline now, there's things I want to do differently. And so it's a new season of me trying to step into some of those things. Okay. So remind me what they are. Number one, anytime anybody offers me goat cheese or blue cheese, I have to eat it this entire year. Oh, for a whole year. I can't say no to it. I have to try it every time because I want to like it. Okay. Number two, I'm going to use more moisturizer. These are exactly what I thought they were going to be. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> number three i want to bench press okay never mind this year as much as i did in my when i was in college i mean why, the three things I why stop do. there with the most arbitrary resolutions i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> i every time i could turn right on red i'm not going to yeah well it, there's all those resolutions which are really hard to gauge right like were you actually successful right like, I'm going to be a better dad. I'm going to, yes, you know, like some of these things are really, so they're hard to hit. Yes. And that's just, maybe that's just about goal setting in general. Like you have to set goals that are measurable. Um, And a lot of those things are already kind of happening for me Mm -hmm. in all these ways. I think coastline has been a big restart on a lot of things in Mm -hmm. my inner life uh, that have caused me to be a a different person in those ways. Mm, That's good. Um, I, I completely agree with you about the you don't need a New Year's to, to jumpstart you. But there's something so psychologically awesome about that mm-hmm. restart, fresh start. And I think that the reason that we see so many resolutions is because we have, as humans, this immense pull to start over. Mm-hmm. We always just want that fresh start. We always just want like to redo it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what's so funny about Christians and New Year's resolutions because we've been offered the ultimate reset. We've been offered mm-hmm. the ultimate like uh, new start in Christ, you know, through the gospel. And so that, that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation, uh, just to hear your thoughts on resolutions, especially as you've worked with people. But we, we were talking a little bit uh, ago. Uh, can you explain to people what Strava is for those of them who don't know? <laughs> Strava is an app that will measure, uh, the, your run distance and biking distance, mm-hmm. uh, and your speed. And you can kind of enter your time in, or it actually measures it for you as you go. And that way you can kind of track whether you're doing better or worse. 
and it connects you to other people who you're friends with and kind of helps them see how you're doing. And so it's both kind of community friendship and also getting better at health. Yeah, it's like a social network for solo endurance sports. Sure. And it kind of connects you to people, like you said. It's Mm -hmm. the last great place to stalk celebrities because people are, yeah, like people are on Strava. And and it's like, if you're going to look for me on Strava, like you can, you can find me. Yeah. Uh, We have a mutual friend, Matt Butler. He has a Mark Paul Gossler story. Uh, who played Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell when he found him on Strava. Hit pause, call Matt right now. I want to hear the story. Oh, we'll do it later. We'll, we'll talk to Matt <laughs> later. But it's a great story. Anyway, all that to say, um, Strava is a huge app that people download on January 1st. Yeah. Because like you said, you can track running, you can track swimming mm-hmm. and cycling and all that stuff. Uh, and Strava, every January, they post on something they call Quitter's Day. Now, Quitter's Day is the day where the most people deactivate or delete their Strava app. What day... Is always it? the second Friday in January. <laughs> That's really good. So the shelf life yeah. of the resolution of I'm going to run more, I'm going to ride more, yeah. I'm going to swim more, I'm going to be more active. Two weeks. Okay. Um, again, this is you and I choosing violence, but who's your best celebrity follow on Strava? Like I've never thought of this. Oh, I don't follow any celebrities on Strava. I am so Strava. I'm a Strava these days because I was, obs- I mean, I, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with Strava. That's why I have to stop using Strava so much. Yeah, yeah. But uh I mean you can find a lot of like musicians. If you ever like follow a musician who cycles, just go on Strava and look for their name and they're gonna be there for sure. There's yeah. a singer-songwriter like named Noah Gunderson. I follow him on Strava yeah. and he bikes a lot. Alice Cooper bikes a lot. Can I follow him on Strava? I'm sure you can. Okay. Anyway. Show notes. <laughs> yeah. Link in the show notes for Alice Cooper's <laughs> Strava account. <laughs> wow, we are choosing violence. Um <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'm just wondering, why do you think that is? Why do you think it takes so little for people to quit their goals or so little time for people to just kind of say, eh, I'm done now? What, what is it about goals that make them so easy to not complete or not achieve? That's a good question. I just think that most of the time they're made in isolation. We make mm. them by ourselves. They're not shared. They're kind of internal. And so without accountability, um, it's not something that, that we really stick to again. Some of them are so like all every one of my goals is largely arbitrary, right? Like, yes. is my life going to really be any different if I could bench press as much as I could? No, but goat cheese will enhance your life. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to. I'm a cheese guy. I wanted to. Um, and so maybe sometimes it's that they're personal. Sometimes it's that they're arbitrary. Um, I think largely it's hard to change. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes I think we overestimate our ability to change. Totally. Um, or the amount of work it's going to take to. And uh, we just regress back into old habits because we're just not committed to doing the work at the level that we probably need to be to actually see success. It's ironic that change is probably the thing that, you know, unites us all. We all want to change. I I don't think you would meet one person who says, I don't want to change. But it's like the single hardest thing, you know, to the point where we don't want to do it. Yeah. It's it's interesting. But I think this is where the pandemic has been, I think, a, a real gift to us is that, I think everybody wants to came out of the pandemic different. Yes. Um, in all sorts of ways. And I think that we're still trying to implement the lessons of the pandemic into everyday life. Yep. And the changes of point of view. And so I think people are wanting to change more, which means that New Year's resolutions um, and any uh, attempt to better ourselves is something that has a lot more traction to today more than it would have maybe in 2018, 2017. Do you, do you think that the pandemic made it easier to change? 
Uh, certainly, because I think that so many of the regular pattern things in our lives were, were forced to change, right? Like youth sports, gone. Uh, you know, evening meetings for, you know, church, gone. Uh, nonprofits that we'd volunteer at, you know, like TikTokers and, and all these things, gone. Like, so it's just everything got stopped, which is kind of like the open Apple control reset on life. It just, yeah, it gave us a chance to really pause and see things differently. And it's just, I don't know if we'll, we'll ever see a time like that again in our life no. other than when, <clears throat> you know, COVID Zeta comes out and we, we all go back into our bunkers, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I wondered, I was thinking like, what was my new year's resolution last year? I feel like 2020 set the bar so low for mm -hmm. just like life in general. Like maybe mm -hmm. 2021 was like, I'm going to go outside twice a week now instead of just once a week, you know? And so then I think 2022, there's like kind of this great hope of like, mm -hmm. now we can change, mm -hmm. you know, you know, 2020 is behind us. 2021, it, it was what it was. And now we have this opportunity in front of us, but we don't know what this year is going to be like. Yeah. And yet we still so desperately want to change. Yeah. And the central tenet of Christianity, especially of the good news is that you can change. Yeah. And the change is not necessarily needed to be located within your own will to change, but it's that through the work of Christ on the cross and through the sanctifying work of the Spirit in your life today, God can change you. Mm. And that I, as I said this last week, that change will be instantaneous in terms of how he will um, remove your past, give you his Spirit, and place a new heart inside of you. And so there's an instantaneous change where you go from someone who's dead to alive that happens in the moment. But there's also a slow change that happens right. as God walks with you over time and then sanctifies you. And so, I mean, change is hard, except in Christianity, Christ does it. And to the point where the, the word that Scripture uses isn't even change, it's transformation. Right. It's you're this entirely different thing on the other side of the work of God. Um, and so I think as Christians, we should, I think we should embrace, um, New Year's resolutions and goals in general, uh, because the idea is that we don't necessarily do them by ourselves. God does them with us and God can actually do them sometimes for us. He can change us. And so that's just, I mean, what a, what an incredible message. Like yeah, that, that, that you can be changed and God is invested in that change with you. Yeah. I read a quote when I was doing research for this episode and I would actually like to hear your response to it, uh, in an article about New Year's resolutions, the author said, God doesn't care about our commitments because God is committed to you. Yeah. It, that's a really interesting thought. I don't know if I'm going to have something nice and tight and packaged for you on that. What I, <sighs> That's kind of what I heard you saying. Like, yeah, God's not necessarily concerned about your commitment to being a better dad. Yeah, obviously, God wants you to be a good dad. Yeah, but God is so committed to you. Yeah, that in a relationship with God, you being a better dad is a natural outcome. Yeah. Well, I would say this: like, the, the scripture is really clear about being careful with your oaths. Like, be yeah. careful what you say. Numbers be careful what you or something. Is be like, careful what yeah. you commit to. Yeah. Um, because I think the presumption is that you're probably not going to keep it. And an oath made to the Lord, especially says like, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. um, instead, you know, the command is to, you know, uh, live justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. And it's out of that that change happens. Not this big platitudes of I'm now going to do this. God's like, look, if you just simply live, walk and love me, 
um, then what's going to happen is that change is going to be something that I'm going to do in you, and it's going to happen through the power of the Spirit, and it won't be done through white knuckling. It will mm-hmm. be done through seed planting in your heart. Yeah, change, change is a process. But it's like, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot, especially when we were doing Christmas um, hymns, like this idea of inaugurated eschatology, already not yet. You know, God's kingdom is here, but it's also coming. And we all talked about um, inaugurated sanctification. Mm-hmm. Like you are changed now, but yeah. you also are getting to that change. Mm-hmm. And resolutions are, I think, actually a good reminder of that. Yeah. Like there, there are these goals that we set. And I always think that there's something deeper. There's always the thing beneath the thing. Sure. The thing under the surface. And I think like that, that resolution of I want to lose weight is actually like a resolution that says like, I want to, you know, be healthy. I want to be around for longer or I, I want yeah. to swear less. That's always, um, you know, a friend of mine's named Bunter. I want to swear less. Um, <laughs> and I think that is mostly like, I just want to have a presentable public face. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there's, there's always a thing beneath the thing. And I think that when you recognize that as a person, God is always at the thing beneath the thing. God is so not concerned with the surface level thing. He's mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, that's the whole sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You've heard it said this, but this, you've heard it said this, mm-hmm. but this, you've heard it said that you, you only think I care about the surface when in reality, the deeper thing is where I'm at and what I care about. And so resolutions, that are more depth facing as deep cries out to deep, you know, Mm -hmm. what does it look like for you to actually isolate and recognize what it is you want to change versus like what you think you want to change. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think about the thing beneath the thing. I want to lose weight. Sure. Okay. That's great. Yeah. The bigger question is like, how are you using food and what? Yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> what, exactly. What is what is food actually doing for you? Like, or all, money or image? You know, are you like, yeah. are you eating your feelings? Yes. You know, and when I have feelings that I don't like, I eat. Okay, well then that's the that's the thing beneath the thing that God wants to get at. Yeah, it's not necessarily the inches on the waistline that matter to God. It's like, hey, let's get deeper into that place that's broken yeah. or hurting inside of you. And food is the medicine for it, right? Yeah. Or yeah. money is the medicine for it, or sick is or sex is the medicine, right? Like that's the thing that I think we need to pay deeper attention to. And and maybe that's what resolutions get at, right? Right. They they kind of help us see areas that we need improvement or, or that we want to improve. But God's like, let's let's get a little bit deeper there and let's see what's happening um in that place that you're scared to talk about. Like yeah, like oftentimes the thing that you think will solve is not. You know, there's the deeper issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I just lose weight then. It, but then it's, it turns into the whack-a-mole of morality. If I just lose weight, then I'll be happy. Beat that one down. And then up comes your money troubles. Boom. Yeah. Your relationship troubles. Yeah, boom. yeah. This, good. that. And so resolutions, you, you know, I, I think as, as I'm teasing this metaphor out, like we have to like develop more limbs to hit more. That's yeah. what we think resolutions would do. And in reality, like if I'm continuing to use the whack-a-mole metaphor, like God wants to get in the machine and like honestly turn it off or like he wants to be the one to satisfy all of those, you know, mm-hmm. moles coming out of the, yeah. the ground. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I like that. So what would you say to someone listening right now who has a New Year's resolution um, about coming back to church? I think that's something that I find so interesting because mm-hmm. um, we work professionally at church. Yeah, I've never had the resolution to go to church more. If yeah. anything, the resolution is to think about church less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people in our world or who are listening to this would say, "My New Year's resolution was to commit more to Jesus, read my Bible every day, to pray every day." Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to someone like that? What's the wisdom behind that, and and where do you see that not necessarily working out to, for people? Well. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick answer, then I'm going to try to give you a more thoughtful one. 
The, the quick answer is good. You should go back to church because I mean, I, I, I this verse grabbed me about a month ago, and I just think about it all the time where it says, "I'm not going to get the verse right," but the idea is a, a Christian who is not involved in a church. The word for that is that they've been turned over to Satan. Hmm. I mean, that's like Paul's words: is if if you're stuck in sin, if someone's stuck in sin in the church, well. You know, in the sense, they may get to a place where you need to remove them from the church so they could actually experience the full weight of their sin. And in that moment, they're turned over to Satan. So when you are all by yourself, you are living more in the realm of Satan and in this world, and you're going to be more um, susceptible to those desires. And so no, being a part of a church is a good thing. Um, and so you have identified a good goal. Um, and yet I would say attending church... Um, is in and, its, in and of itself not necessarily the thing, right? Right. Because, again, we can go back to like, we, I've done this the past few weeks. That could just make you religious if you're just going to church because in a sense that gives you a sense of identity or self or checking a box. Um, there is a work that God wants to do in your heart and life at church, right? Yeah. There is a presence that God wants to have in your life and you could be at church and be checked out on what God's doing, or you could be not at church and be deeply attuned to what God's doing. Mm. So all that to say, church is a good place where God um, invites us into relationships with each other for the communal process of being the family of God and journeying in life with him. But simply being there is not enough. Uh, God wants to um, not just physically meet with us at church, but actually deeply emotionally commune with our hearts and spirits at church. So you want to come to church, good, you've identified something good, but there's something deeper there too. It is to deeply commune with the Lord in those moments. That's great. Man, I love that. I, that that's really awesome to hear you say. And as I heard you talking, like I just kept getting this picture of like, you know, don't restrict your resolution to just church. Yeah. Open it up and say, I want to experience and be attuned to the Lord no matter what. And if mm -hmm. church is a venue that you need to get back to in a space where that happens so be it. But like for me and you probably, and a lot of people listening, like church is a place that it's just part of the rhythm of our life. Like what would yeah. it look like for you to actually go out and experience natural revelation? Yeah. And I would say this, I mean, just so I could be clear on this, don't I don't church. think you can grow deeply in the Lord without church. Yes. I mean, this is part like, you know, our part of our vision is to be fully family. It's because it is in the context of a relationship with the family of God and with God as our heavenly father that growth really happens. So I don't think that you can. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so easy to be a Pharisee. Yeah. It's so easy to be someone who is um, doing law, you know, where it's like, I go to church and so I'm doing good. Well, maybe, or you could just be deceiving yourself, you know? Lots of people go to church every week and are, are missing out on what God really wants to do with them because it's religion and not a relationship. So what's a good resolution for Christians then? If it's not necessarily go to church, is yeah. it to just be more open to God? Is it to <clears throat> spend more time in scripture, to pray more? Yeah. Uh, I would back it all the way back it would to, to, I'll try to use this phrase. It is to live deeply with Jesus, I mm. think is the resolution for Christians. And if you resolve to live deeply with Jesus, then I think you're naturally going to go to church and you're going to be present there. You're going to be connected to the life of other believers. You're going to be praying and you're going to be worshiping because your goal is to live deeply with Jesus. That's great. That might be title of app right there, to oh. live deeply with Jesus. Cool. I'm glad. Yeah, I think it will organize all things in your life. Um, 
I think with, with a meaning and purpose, it'll, it'll bring light into how you do finances and how you do relationships and how you do family. It's, it's going to bring light. If your goal is to live deeply with Jesus, if your goal is just to go to church, it's just, it's easily met, but it may not bring you the change that you're, you're actually at. It may actually lead you into a place of checking a box instead of actually being there. And it might lead you to a place of like busyness and believing that like you are so important. Like I need to go to church. It all, you know, kind of hinges on me. Like, it, you know, what is that Dallas Willard quote? The system is designed to produce the results that it yields. Yeah. Like if you are trying just to be at church, yeah. you're right. It's an easy goal. And that actually might lead you to places you do not want to be. Yeah because you've mistaken the real thing, the thing under the surface, the real change that needs to happen with something surface like going to church. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, something Andrew says, and I think he said this in the last podcast is like the sermon that will always preach mm-hmm. and that people will always resonate with is try harder for Jesus. You know, no, it's like we can just, constantly tell ourselves, try harder for Jesus. And, and, and we are drawn to that instead of saying, you know, once you've come to know Christ, he is with you, his spirit abides in you, enjoy him deeply uh, instead of trying harder. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy him. And out of that will become some of the change um, that we want to have. That's a good call for our people. You know, if you're listening to this and you've set a resolution and you're you're adamant about change, that's great. And I, I hope you do download Strava and follow me on it. But I think there's this invitation here to live deeply with Jesus. Uh, and I think you're right. You can't you can't will yourself to do that. You you know you can't just be like, okay, I'm gonna white knuckle it. Like it had there. There's an invitation. There's an experience there yeah. waiting for you to draw you in deeper. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just. Uh, this is a little bit of sermon preview. I'm st- studying for Acts 15 right now, which is the Jerusalem Council, which is the question. You have all of these Gentiles who have become Christians. They're asking the question, do they also have to become Jews? Right? Like, do th- is this what they need to do? And and the big conclusion is, like, we have... Ne- <laughs> James says to them, we've never succeeded in following the law ever circumcision and Sabbath and kosher laws and purity laws. Like we've never succeeded. Why would you expect that that's going to work for them? Instead, you know, his command is simply, you know, just to avoid idols. Basically Mm. it's their command, like just worship Jesus. Yeah. You know, instead of thinking through all more law, Mm -hmm. which again, white knuckling, it just very rarely works. Instead live deeply with Jesus and be in communion with, with the rest of the church. That's great. Everything they decide on the Jerusalem council is game is aimed towards like a compromised communion position so that they can actually have fellowship between Jews and Gentiles. Because he thinks in the church and with Jesus, that's where the change is. Wow. Come hear that sermon. I'm already passionate about it. Like come it hear that sermon in two, three, uh, five, it's probably eight weeks. five weeks. Yeah, away. I'm like, dude, come on. We're, See you in February. We're in Acts in ten this yeah. weekend, right? Ten? Nine? Yeah, yeah. So but Acts fifteen is so good. Yeah, but so far. Let's think about it a lot. Is that Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> Ooh, we're working on that plan. Could you imagine? Like your favorite sermon of the year is <laughs> during halftime. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. Who's halftime this year? I mean, we're getting wildly. Who is halftime this year? Isn't I don't it? know. Oh man, I go I'll Google it really quick. Who do you want it to be? Who's your dream halftime? Dave Matthews man? There's no way ever. No, there's no way. Just like ants marching doesn't appeal to people. Gray Street, the, Tripping Billies, Seek oh, Up Opener. It is um Warehouse. It is Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar, and, and Mary J. Blige. Man. 
That's going to be good. Boy, middle America is just going to really love that halftime yeah. show. And I they say I... that the mainstream media is out of touch with people. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mary I, J. Blige and Dr. Dre? I can't wait to watch my dad watch Mary J. Blige and, Mary J. Blige and Dr. Dre together. He's going to love that. Oh, remind him of college. <laughs> All those times he used to listen to them. Oh, my New Year's resolution is to watch that, to watch them, the halftime show. Did you watch the one for the national championship game? It was like, I think, Katy no, Perry music video. We've been People over were this. Upset. No. People were upset. Why are we I don't giving, know why. We're giving her too much screen what time. What we know is whatever happens in the halftime show, people are going to be upset. Yeah. Remember Left Shark? <laughs> yes, I do. People were upset about Left Shark. I wasn't. I was extremely <laughs> happy about that. Your that team, was great. Team Left Shark. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was wild. That was so fun. Yeah. Um. I, you didn't ask me, but I'll insert anyway. I did one time in my life keep a New Year's resolution for a whole year. What was it, Hunter? Don't drink soda. And you know That's what? a pretty good one. I don't drink soda. Friends, you, you should all probably stop drinking to soda. To this day. It's really bad I, for you. I avoid soda. I probably drink a soda a year. Oh. Actually, you know what? I usually do it at summer camp. I kind of treat myself like maybe three or four days into the week. Just one hit. Just a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Just High schoolers could take it out of you. Think about a... About a soda a month, probably maybe oh. one a month. But I mean, I'm yeah. I'm up here on my holier than a pedestal. Don't have you know soda, and I'm baking cakes and cinnamon. And look at how much cake. COVID you have right now. <laughs> you know, you should have been drinking sodas this whole time. I, yeah, it didn't I, spare you anything from the COVID. Should have been listening to Dr. Pepper, not Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, well, that was good. I, I appreciate your, your thoughts here on that. I, something, I, one more thing I wanted to add um, in, in just all of this is change is a paradox. Mm-hmm. You know, God invites us in, mm-hmm. God invites us into our own transformation, which is grace. Yeah. We get to be part of it, but also it doesn't matter. God's going to do what God's going to do. You think of Second yeah. Corinthians where Paul says, "My well, Jesus says to Paul, you know, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. And Paul says, then I'm going to only boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest more on me. But then you have something like Philippians 2 where Paul says, I've been working out my salvation yeah. with fear and trembling. So yeah. it is this paradox. It's this full paradox of spirit and flesh, which, you know, goes to say that change is incarnational. Yeah. It is it is spirit and flesh in full union, mm-hmm. moving us to where we're supposed to be. And that's the picture of scripture. God loves partnering with people. God loves partnering mm-hmm. with people, but God is also the chief driver there you go. here yeah. in all of this. And so mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. So as you make your resolutions, as you decide to run more, save more money or eat better, I think those are all great things. But what we've discussed today seek the deeper thing and you'll find God there and you'll find a God with an open arms saying, I just want to live with you. I think that's better than anything I said this whole time, which is bigger than your plans of how you're going to change this year is for you to kind of get in touch with what God wants to change in you yeah. this year. Right. Yeah. Because again, he's the means, he's the power and and whatever change that you have has probably a mixture of, of good and, and naive, um, you know, motivations behind well, it's a, it. Yeah, what exactly. God wants for you is is for your good. It's, it's for, for your, your good. good. And, and it's for his glory. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's tough. You know, no mm. one sets out no one knows no one's Spotify wrapped at the end of the year is like, I did it all for God's glory. You'd be like that that that's not gonna mm. that's not gonna sell. That's not a good that's not a good wrap up of your year. But in reality that's the most important thing that mm-hmm. God can transform you for his glory. And that's actually the end goal of all of yeah. this. Which yeah. is 
you know, in our culture, that's someone else's glory is generally not something we go for. And most of our goals are for our own glory, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so that we, we end up better, yeah. healthier and sexier and richer. And mm-hmm. those are usually our goals. Mm-hmm. So, but if we are a little more tuned to what God's doing, he gets glory. You can be healthy, sexy, rich, and a really good Christian. <laughs> hey, some of these, some years are awful. Some years are awful where your life is in shambles at the end of it. You know, yes. that's, and God can still be moving in that year well, as yeah. much as the year where you, you set a PR for pushups. Exactly. And so that's what I was just going to say and kind of end with. Probably like, more likely. Resolution more likely. or not. Yeah. God's going to do what God's going to do. The year's going to be what the year's going to be. Dude, we thought we were going to wrap this sermon up and look, we just found another five minutes right now. Oh, yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, the whole story of Coastline is God's going to do what God's going to do. Yeah, that you know? is the... And even in the major arc of coastline of like actually the church starting the minor arcs too, of like vision values, Mm -hmm. staff venue, like these things, like we set out to say, here's where we're going to be in five months. Here's where we're going to be in eight months. Here's where we're going to be next month. We're going to winter camp. We're we're doing this, we're doing that. And it's like, yeah, what if we just found, found the thing beneath thing and said, what's the most important thing about this church? How can we continue to cultivate that and meet God there and invite our people there. And you yeah. know, whatever happens, happens. I think about that all the time in ways that I can't even express. But I was walking yesterday. I, I took a, a lunch break. I walked down to the beach. I'm like, I am working right above my favorite surf spot. I am working with five of my best friends in ministry, people I deeply admire. We're meeting at my favorite church in the South Bay, you know, the physical property. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it with friends. Who saw this thing, man? <laughs> Who saw this? And, yeah. and when I look at it, I'm like, God did it. I didn't do it. No. God did it. And it's just you, crazy to think. But you did do it. N- dude, The no. paradox, though. I was thrown into the river of this thing, yeah. man. It was just me trying to keep my head above the white water as God took me to this new thing. Yes. But I do want to affirm, for all of us listening, and you know all of our various levels of involvement here at Coastline, like, could not be where we are without you. You had to be there. Mm-hmm. Not just Sean, but you, listener, had to mm-hmm. be there. You mm-hmm. had to be with us yeah. for Coastline to be what it is today, yeah. which is the paradox of change. It's all wild. <laughs> it's all crazy. It's all good. It's all yeah. fun to talk about and think about, and I, I really like it. Well, thanks, Sean. Um, let's go get some goat cheese. I have to say yes. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>